Hot 1027 Business with Nzinga. All right, thanks for staying with us on Hot Business. We were just speaking to Chris about the importance of trust, and he was highlighting how uh, at Trust House they had a ceremony yesterday with Indigenous people involved. So let's speak to the founding steward of the World Indigenous Forum. Solomon, thank you so much for your time on Hot Business this evening. Just take me through what the World Indigenous Forum is and the kind of work that you do. Thank you, Zinga. So the World Indigenous Forum was set up principally so that Indigenous people around the world could achieve both economic justice and access to their wealth of resources in a way where they could build their civilizations on their own terms. Principally, uh, when we went out to them over the past 12 years, we said, what is your model of economic development? And they said, well, we don't really recognize the, what, the model that's brought to us uh, by the UN and the uh, other groups outside because they don't include two things that are fundamental to us, which is spirit and community. So those two key pillars essentially are what form the framework in terms of where our partnership as well is over here with Ubuntu, which represents both spirit first as a model of development as well as community. Tell me about that and the work that you're doing. So in terms of the work that we're doing at the moment, it's really focused on Africa. Africa being the mother of civilization, Africa being the great key for how much of our shifts in socioeconomic development is going to take place. So we ask ourselves, how can we elevate the lives of millions of people? It's a very important question. And most importantly, what we came to was how do we help them access their wealth in a way where they can build their civilizations on their own terms. And so in partnering with Ubuntu, we were able to solve something that for 12 years, really, we went to the world's greatest minds and we're saying, look, how do they access their wealth? They're fundamentally wealthy. What's going on here? Why, why is it that the Western model of development won't allow them to access and build on their own terms? Why is it that it says they're only wealthy when we extract and when we give them royalties and when we give them the little revenues and when we enforce this kind of colonial model and mindset upon them? Well, the big difference here was a complete shift in the mentality and the ability uh, to access that wealth. And when we came to partner with Ubuntu, it was principally with the understanding that for the first time in history, they could access up to 90% of their wealth, 90% of their own wealth, which is unheard of. I mean, we worked in South Sudan, in Uganda, and in different places, and the best they were offered was a very enforced model where they're ending up with 25%, sometimes up to 50%, but after royalties, it was ending up with a few percentages and the civilizations were being left in desolation. You know, you look at Congo, it's the longest running uh, genocide, longest running conflict since World War II. Uh, it's also the richest resource country in the world. So when we solve for Africa, we solve for humanity. Practically, how does that work? Um, and I, I love the idea of it, especially as an African. It's so interesting to hear uh, Ubuntu, which is what we understand to be a very South African word, used in such a broad context as well. But just take me through how that would work when you say you're allowing people to access their wealth. How are you doing that? 
How do you also gain the trust of people? Because if someone from outside my community came to me and said, hey, got this thing and you can make this money from it, I would not trust it. Absolutely. So this was uh, built by Africans for Africans. It was not built by Westerners. And it was fundamentally underpinned. And it's important to understand the ancestral wisdom with which this came forward. And you know that Ubuntu, as you said to me, is a Kosa word, but it has a far, far deeper and much longer ancestral heritage. So we, before we go to how do they get the benefits of it and everything else, what is so important here is, what is wh where does this come from philosophically? Where does it come from? Uh, it, and it comes from the most ancient Kemetic wisdom. And in the time of Kemet, which is ancient Egypt, which uh, Western history says, you know, is several 6,000 years old. No, it's tens of thousands of years old. And during that time, uh, there was who they regarded as the uh, Egyptian god of wisdom. So we spoke of Toth, Tehute, who in the Greek uh, was known as Hermes Trismegistus, Hermes the Thrice Great. He was in the ancient knowledge and understanding of, of Egypt. He was the scribe, the one that brought things forward, the one who created the magic of words themselves in many ways. And so Ubuntu or Buntu at that time was a word that had two syllables, two aspects to it. Ubu, uh, which was from, like from the mother father. And then Netu, which was of the Neteru. The Neteru was the divine of the divinity of the gods. So it meant from the divine. And it, what it meant was awakening the divine nature. It went to the fundamental purpose for existence itself, which is the completion of the journey of the soul. This word then traveled to the Bantu, uh, the Bantu people. And you'll see in the recorded history, a character called Bess, You'll see his symbols guarding temples from Egypt to Phoenicia to the Achaemenids to the Persians, the Minoans, the Cretes, the Romans. This character was very interesting. He says his people were the Bantu. Okay. And so Ubuntu traveled through history, this deep uh, and ancestral cosmological wisdom of I am who I am because of who you all are. Very, very, very important. So from that point there, we go back to what you asked. How do we get them to access their wealth, to build the lives, the futures that they want? It's their wealth. It's their inheritance. It's been there for thousands and tens of thousands of years. So what we're doing here at Africa House is an event where we're gathering some of that wisdom. We're gathering some of those elders. And over the course of the next three years, for one specific African kingdom, uh, an incredible with a very deep ancestral history in Africa, we're helping them unlock their wealth, and we're bringing 48 of the world's greatest minds together. 90% of the wealth stays with them, but it, as it's deployed, how does it affect the farmer? How does it affect the social entrepreneur? How does it affect the individual who's in the diaspora who wants to come back and build with them, who's bringing back that wisdom? giving them the homes, the education. Imagine the Emirati golden visa, but even better. So how is it going to help them do that?
Fantastic. I wish we had more time. Solomon, thank you for speaking to us about the work that you do at the World Indigenous Forum and Ubuntu as well. Uh, if people want to find out more information about that, where do they go? What do they do? So they go to utribe.one, which is essentially the, the mother tree. Uh, that is where the asset tokenization is happening. That is where the funding is going into the different aspects of enabling this community that makes sure that the best possible projects and solutions go to the people on the ground. Solomon, thank you so much for your time on Hot Business this evening. Really appreciate your insight and the work that you're doing. Thank you so much, Zing. It's always such a pleasure to be with you. All right, it's time for a short break. When we come back, we're going to be taking a look at what's moving the markets locally and internationally. Reko Nare from Anchor Capital is going to be taking us through that. Do stay with us on Hot Business here on Hot 1027. Hot 1027 Business with Enzinger.